State Sycamores are tournament champions. The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago, and Missouri State is Missouri Valley Conference tournament champion. Northern Iowa back in the NCAA tournament. Wichita State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley Conference. Hello, and thanks for checking out the Inside the Valley podcast. Brought to you by NBCSports.com. Check us out on the multimedia tab on the Missouri Valley Conference website. Audio and podcast under that drop down. You'll find this episode and others uh, coming from our SoundCloud page. So be sure to check those out. The previous ones and uh, future ones coming there as well. Uh, a lot to get into into this week's episode. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into the rewind for this week here on Inside the Valley. Uh, first up, baseball. We mentioned in the last podcast last week that the uh, baseball preseason poll and all-conference team would be coming out, and it did on Wednesday, February 3rd. Uh, Missouri State, last year's uh, regular season uh, champion and tournament champion. Uh, the Bears made the – they hosted a regional last year in Springfield, won that. They reached the Super Regional, fell to Arkansas there. Uh, but the Bears were picked first in the preseason poll with 60 points, five first-place votes, uh, followed by Dallas Baptist, Wichita State, uh, Bradley, and then Indiana State, Illinois State, Evansville, and Southern Illinois. Uh, Missouri State was a tremendous team last year. Uh, Keith Gutton would probably tell you last year was last year. He, he's a guy that's all business, and he's like, I got some new pieces in this puzzle. And, and I think I even saw uh, on Missouri State's website a quote he said, uh, if, if this poll is last year, sure, you can say that, but I got a different team and it's just the poll. So, but last year's league as a whole, uh, the Valley was floating around five, six, seven as a league and conference RPI. But, uh, I, I, as I did the voiceover for the preview video, uh, two teams, uh, hosting regionals, three teams in uh, Missouri State, Dallas Baptist, and Bradley in the NCAA last year. It was a huge, huge year for the Valley in baseball this year. This year uh, potentially could set up, you know, with a lot of returning players, could be pretty good as well. I think across the league, it's really interesting to look at that. Uh, there are a lot of teams, really from number one Missouri State to, to Southern Illinois, a lot of experience coming back this next year. And I know that you don't want to get ahead if you're Missouri State, but that sure there are some new pieces of that puzzle they are bringing back a lot of guys though from a school record setting team so yeah. it's same thing with Dallas Baptist it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting season in valley baseball the, the the odd thing that i found out so while it was a school record for wins for Missouri State winning the regular season and conference tournament and their postseason success it was also a school record of wins for Dallas Baptist and they finished second in the league yeah exactly so i mean and Dallas Baptist is always they're, they're a quality baseball program. They've since they've that's the only sport on their campus that is Division One. Um, they play in the Valley as an affiliate for, for baseball, uh, but they will always have the talent uh, on that team. So we'll see what happens. They, they they've had some great games with Missouri State uh, the last couple of years. One year I think it was the twenty thirteen year. It could be fourteen. I can't remember. Uh, but Missouri State and Dallas Baptist met a total of nine times, uh, counting postseason uh, in the conference tournament they played, 
uh, a number of times. They they met uh, regular season as a, a conference game, and they had to play a return game uh, that was also not counted in conference. So that this that one particular, they played a total of about nine times. So those two teams knew each other uh, pretty well. But Valley Baseball, always competitive. Uh, looking forward to another good year as well. Um, the preseason team, Ryan Tinkham, Wichita State, Joe Kelch of Illinois State, Jake Berger, who was the freshman of the year last year from Missouri State, Camden Duzenak, Dallas Baptist, Gunnar Trotwine, Wichita State, Andy Young, Indiana State. I want to give him a shout-out because he was one of our listeners last week and sent me a tweet, uh, said that he enjoyed it and hoped that we continue into the spring. So right. uh, giving him a shout-out on the podcast now and hopefully uh, we continue to do and He continues to listen, and, yes, we will uh, try and keep this thing going and, and talk Valley Baseball throughout the, uh, the rest of the year. Uh, finishing off with the preseason conference team, Ian Kristen of Bradley, Spencer Johnson, Missouri State, Josh J. Wook of Evansville. He had a, uh, a highlight grabbing catch, uh, flipping over the fence last year, uh, making Sports Center. Justin Wall, Dallas Baptist, Jacob Hendren of Illinois State, Sam Tavis, Wichita State, Matt Dennis of Bradley, and Brian Young of Missouri State. So there's your. Uh, 2016 Missouri Valley Conference baseball preseason poll and all conference team. Uh, switching gears to some uh, basketball news from this past week. Uh, the big man, Big E, Agidius Miscavages of Evansville, was named a finalist for the Kareem Abdul Jabbar Award. Uh, this award uh, uh, recognizes. Uh, the big men, I guess, the, the center's named after its namesake, obviously, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, and given by the uh, the Naismith, the Hoop Hall, uh, and I believe that, that will be presented in March. Uh, five finalists uh, will go to the the committee, I guess, and then the winner will be presented uh, as part of the ESPN's College Basketball Awards ceremony, uh, but that will take place in Los Angeles Friday, April 8th. Uh, so... I think that might even be televised as part of uh, that whole ceremony. So we'll see if uh, Agidius can finish out and have a strong regular season. But a great honor for him uh, to be named with some of the uh, best big men in the country. It's huge. Uh, but, I mean, we've got nothing to be surprised about here in the Valley. Yeah. Maybe if you're you know, if you're know, following another conference, that, that name, I, even then you should still know this name. The, the, the guy's averaging 16.5 points. 14 rebounds a game. Incredible. Even games where he can't score into double digits, you still see those double digit rebounds piling up. And this is this is a list with guys like AJ Hammonds from Purdue, Josh Scott, who's an incredible big man in Colorado. And as great as the names on that list are, I think the real accomplishment is looking at the guys that didn't go from 20 to 10. So like Sheck Diallo from KU, Jamil McKay from Iowa State, Devin Williams from West Virginia, three incredible big men for their team across the country did not make this cut like Agidius did. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a big time honor and shows how far he's come in his time in the league and just some some well deserved recognition for Agidius Miscavige. Agidius Miscavige, excuse me. Uh, more info on this award and more. Uh, check out hoophallawards.com. I'm sure if, if this uh, goes on, we'll have more on it on NBCSports.com because we always like to recognize student athletes that are getting these national awards, getting national recognition. It just shows the quality of student athletes that are playing in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, still on the basketball front, but uh, I guess a little throwback uh, 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 talk here. Uh, Blake Ahern. Not, I'm not sure how many of our uh, uh, newcomers are, are, are fans uh, 
not as old as me, I guess, know <laughs> this 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 young man, this gentleman. But Blake Ahern played at Missouri State from 2003 to 2007, and I had the chance. Actually, I had the chance back in the fall uh, to sit down with him for about an hour and a half, and we talked. And I shot an interview with him, and I finally was able to get, uh, I guess, what I call part one of that online. Uh, you can go to NBCSports.com, the multimedia tab, uh, and the video section, or just the NBC on YouTube. You'll find it there. It's uh, interview series I call one-on-one. I you know, get a chance to either Skype or, or interview on camera student-athletes and coaches. And we had a just a, a, an interesting sit-down. He talked about uh, his recruiting. He talked about his time at Missouri State. He talked about uh, their best teams, his teammates, uh, and, and I try to shove all that in the first part of, of, of the video series, uh, uh, about five or six minutes there. But the second part, I'm hopefully hoping to get uh, published uh, this coming week, hopefully by Wednesday or so, uh, where he even talks more about playing in the NBA uh, with the Spurs and the Miami Heat, traveling in the NBA, the developmental league. Uh, overseas and and just how it he went full circle to coming back to the states and now he's actually a high school coach back in the st louis area where he's from uh, coaching at clayton high school so that was uh my way of catching up with him i was actually conducting an interview uh, in the gym uh at clayton high school where he's the uh, head varsity coach and we even got a little bit in there about what he expects as opportunity now he's in the middle of the season at this point uh but he will be inducted into the missouri state Hall of Fame uh, in about a week or so. So uh, if I urge folks to check that out, uh, I showed the video to the commissioner, and he he obviously remembers him. He's he, he doesn't, there's not much that he doesn't remember of players that have come through the valley, but uh, the candidness of which he was able to talk. Obviously, now looking back and everything, talking about their years uh, with the 21 RPI, the, the best RPI left out of the NCAA tournament, and all those kinds of stories, uh, really sort of shed a different light on when you hear directly from the student athlete that went through it. And he, as a as a collegiate player, has a really interesting story just because of how close he got to the big dance so many times um, in that Missouri State team while he was there. And I actually – I didn't realize what his career looked like after Missouri State, but I'm just looking at it now, and he, he really is uh, – that's seven or eight years of, of some pretty well-traveled basketball. Yes, yes. He's D-League, NBA for a few different teams. He, Heat, Spurs, Jazz, and then – Spain, Italy, China, Ukraine, yeah, and then was back with the Santa Cruz Warriors as as I mean as recent as 2015. Yep, yep, and that, and he he's had a child and it's like you know what might be time to sort of slow down with some of the travel and that was that's what brought him back to uh, his hometown and and with something a little bit more steady. But he he just couldn't let basketball go away. He he even said in the video he was so competitive. Uh, he, he, he'd said he tracked all of his shots. He can go back to 2003 right now and look at a chart and looked at how many shots he took, how many he made and from where on the floor. So he said, he said he was such a competitor, even then things like he liked doing for fun, like golf. He's a, he said he enjoyed golfing, <laughs> but he's such a competitor when it comes to, it, he can't help himself. So, uh, I just urge folks to check that out. It's a great video. It was great to get a chance to talk with him and I want to congratulate him on being inducted into the Missouri State Hall of Fame coming up here in a few weeks. Uh, and finally, I uh, wanted to give a shout out to uh, Southern Illinois' Dr. Harold Bardot. Uh, he's the 2016 Paul Morrison Award recipient from the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, Dr. Bardot is 
uh, one of the he was a longtime faculty representative uh, for Southern Illinois University. And folks that what for folks that don't know, uh, our our league administration of uh, athletic directors, uh, uh, senior women administrators, and uh, faculty athletics representatives. There's sort of a three pronged uh, uh, team from each campus, and uh, Dr. Bardo was the faculty representative for Southern Illinois for a number of years, and is being honored with the uh, Paul Morrison Award from the Valley. Uh, the, the, the Paul Morrison Award sort of honors those who've made significant contributions to their respective uh, member institutions uh, in terms of the league or just athletics in general, and Dr. Bardo certainly is uh, part of that. Uh, still there, you can still see him if you go to games in Carbondale, you'll see him around it. I saw him at a volleyball match this past uh, fall. I saw him in uh, the game. I was there when uh, the Slukies hosted Wichita State. Uh, he's just a figurehead. He served as interim at AD. Uh, just a great all-around all guy, and, and excited for him to get this honor as part of uh, the Valley's Hall of Fame weekend coming up uh, in about a month. He's, he's done a lot of great things for the school. The people of Carbondale love him, um, and it's been consistent service on campus, off campus, in the community for I mean, for almost half a century at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and um, I, if you know that last name, his son uh, is also an, an analyst for uh, Big Ten Network as well. So uh, just a great, great guy. He's one of the people that made me feel welcome when I first started working with the Valley. So I uh, just wanted to reiterate congratulations to Dr. Harold Bardot of Southern Illinois. Um, all right, that's all I got for the, the recap, the news and notes around the Valley for this past week. Uh, when we come back, jump into a couple things in terms of men's and women's basketball. Uh, we got a new record holder in the league and I uh, want to hit on, I guess, a fantastic women's basketball game from uh, this past Friday night. That and a little bit more on Inside the Valley as we continue. The madness starts at the arch as the State Farm Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Championship hits the hardwood at Scott Trade Center March 3rd through 6th in St. Louis. Don't miss any action as 10 Missouri Valley teams battle for an automatic NCAA berth. Arch Madness, presented by Fox Sports Midwest and Aetna. For tickets, call 800-745-3000. That's 800-745-3000 or visit archmadness.com. McIntosh has it left wing. Up top, Paris at three. That one's good. And the Redbirds are within 11 at 26 to 15. Paris left of the lane drive, shoots it, and gets it. Paris Lee has scored five quick ones. The three by Hawkins is good at the other end. And Deontay knocks it back down to 13 at 37 to 24. Paris Lee at the top. Angles toward the goal, the layup, yes! Paris Lee scoring well in this game. Gets another layup, and the Redbirds within a dozen. Moving toward the right, now back to the left, spins it to the corner, Banyard open three, yes! Redbirds within three, it's 38 to 35. McKyle into a coon for sell, down low to Banyard, there's a dunk, which ties the game! 41 to 41. And his pass batted right back to him. Hawkins a three. Yes! Redbirds lead by three. 44 to 41. Illinois 
State. Finds McIntosh inside Hawkins. He goes to the goal, jump hook, rolls good as he's fouled. 10 seconds left at the three-point arc. Baker a three, it's not good. The rebound tip, Brewers got it. Two seconds to go. The Redbirds win the game. The final, 58 to 53, Illinois State over Wichita State's Shocker. What you just heard was the uh, highlights from the men's basketball contest Saturday evening. ESPN2 had the game as Illinois State handed Wichita State their first conference loss. This uh, Redbirds got 19 points from Paris Lee, who led the Redbirds in scoring as they uh, held on for a 58-53 win over Wichita State. Uh, Lee was joined in double figures by Deontay Hawkins and Devon Akum Purcell. Hawkins had 14 and 10 rebounds. Akum Purcell had 12 points with nine rebounds and four assists. Uh, the Redbirds improved to eight and four in conference play, 14 and 11 overall. Shockers go to 11 and one in the Valley, 17 and six overall. Of course, the Shockers had not lost to a Valley opponent since Arch Madness, since the conference tournament last year against the Illinois State Redbirds. So, uh, those two teams will meet in Wichita February 27th. So they, that, that was their first matchup of the season. They'll be playing again the last day of the regular season on February 27th in Wichita. Uh, the rest of the men's basketball results from the weekend look a little bit like this. So with Wichita State 11 and 1, Evansville second place 8 and 4, also with Illinois State at 8 and 4. Evansville got the win at home. Uh, over Missouri State, the, the uh, Purple Aces 83-64 win over Missouri State. And in that game, this happened. Jalen Brown Wider. has it. JB, D.J. Ballantyne to set the record. He's got it! D.J. Ballantyne does it in style. The all-time leading scorer in University of Evansville history. Holding the game ball, waving to the crowd. Gets a big hug from Marty Simmons and does it with a three-pointer on the high right. And there was no doubt. It was nothing but net. 18 points all in the second half. Congratulations to DJ Ballantyne. Becoming the all-time leading scorer in Evansville's program history. Uh, just a great, great individual uh, fantastic guy. I had a chance to obviously talk to him media day and another another number of chances, but uh, a tremendous honor for him as the Purple Aces get the win on Saturday over Missouri State, eighty three sixty four. Uh, we said that the, Red, the Purple Aces are eight and four. Redbirds eight and four. Southern Illinois now seven and five. Uh, Indiana State seven and five. Northern Iowa six and six. Missouri State six and six. Loyola four and eight. Bradley two and ten. And Drake one eleven. Uh, your scoreboard from Saturday, uh, Northern Iowa held off Drake 82-66. Loyola got the win in Carbondale, 73-59 win over Southern Illinois. Bradley earned their second conference win with a 63-58 win over Indiana State at home. And, of course, we told you about 
Illinois State getting the win over Wichita State, 58-53. So uh, we've got a two-way tie for second with the Redbirds and Purple Aces. We've got a tie with uh, the Slukies and, and Sycamores at 7-5. and five. We've got a tie with Northern Iowa, Missouri State in 6-6. Six and six. So we got a lot of basketball still to play and a lot to be determined. Uh, the way we're sitting right now, it's – we, we, we're going to have quite a battle going down the stretch here, get to Arch Madness now about a month away. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Coming up, uh, I had a chance to visit with the beat writer for Southern Illinois, uh, Todd Hefferman. He's the writer for the Southern Illinois newspaper in Carbondale. Uh, we talked about uh, how the Slukies have been the surprise of the year uh, thus far and their team makeup and uh, just got his thoughts on the 2015-16 version of the Southern Illinois Saluki. So we'll hear from him coming up next on Inside the Valley. Hey, Hoops fans. Missouri Valley Conference women's basketball is coming to the Quad Cities. Don't miss the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Women's Basketball Championship March 10th through 13th at the iWireless Center in the Quad Cities, presented by Aetna. Single game tickets start at $10. Visit MVCQuadCities.com for more information. That's MVCQuadCities.com. All right, welcome back to Inside the Valley podcast here on NBCSports.com and the Missouri Valley Conference on SoundCloud. Right now, pretty excited to uh, talk a little Saluki basketball. The SIU Salukis have been one of the surprises in the Missouri Valley Conference in men's basketball this year. Uh, and with that turnaround, uh, pleased, to bring, to, pleased to bring in the beat writer of the Salukis for the Southern Illinois newspaper in Carbondale, Illinois, uh, Todd Hefferman. Todd, how's it going today? Very well. Very well, Derek. I appreciate you taking time out of the schedule. I know you've uh, been traveling right now in Wichita for the Salukis game here on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, against Wichita State, but kind of curious to get your uh, feedback, get your thoughts on uh, the Slukies, uh, the 2015-16 version of them, and I think it's safe to say most folks would uh, understand that these this is the, the surprise team in the league this year, and they've captured uh, the attention of folks around the country, actually, some an article on NCA.com talking about Slukies, but I guess if you could, uh, the best way you could possibly uh, phrase it, what's sort of behind the turnaround for uh, SIU this year? Well, I think it's two, you point to three different things. I think one, the first one is the addition of Mike Rodriguez as a true point guard, something they haven't had really since, since Brian Mullins. They just haven't had a true point guard that could run the offense, and, and he's also a scoring threat. He averaged over 20 points a game at Marshalltown uh, Community College in Iowa, which is a really good league. And uh, he, was, he was in the top five for assists for a long time for the Valley, um, now he's tied for number 12 for 2.8 per, per game in Valley play. Valley play's a little bit, been a little bit different for him, but I mean, to give you an example, I mean, the, the, the leader for assists last year was Sean O'Brien with between 54 and 57, and Mike already has more than 70. So, it, and, it, and it, what it does is it takes the ball handling out of Anthony Bean's hands, takes a lot of the ball handling out of Tyler Smith Peters' hands, and they've just been able to, to, to score and shoot, you know, a lot more open looks. You know, Mike can create a lot of things for himself. He can handle the ball 30 minutes. He's a pretty good defensive player. So that's number one. And then just uh, the, the development of the other guys, you know, these field goal percentages are through the roof this year. His scoring average is the best it's ever been. Um, it's, and I think it's one of the reasons he doesn't have to guard the team's best player all the time, as he did last year. 
he's getting better looks uh, because the offense isn't t- technically going for him every single time. Um, now he's he's still the stalwart and still the guy they look for when they need a big basket. But his 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 shot selection's been better too. He trusts his teammates, and Tyler Smith Peters and Sean O'Brien and Bola have all played very well this year as juniors. Um, start and they're starting to get some upperclassmen. They were playing a bunch of freshmen last year, and even though oh, they had all that turnover, um, they really really picked up some late guys that have been really good. And that's the third one is Leo Vincent um, was a junior they got made some big defensive plays at the end of games to win games it's from a winning program at Harcum College out in Pennsylvania. And, and this team's just tougher. And I, and I think that has a lot to do with Mike and Leo, but also a lot of the Slookies main players being juniors and seniors instead of freshmen and sophomores. They won their first game against Air Force by diving on the floor, one by two. You know, they never won a game uh, last year. They're 0-7 games decided by five points or less. Uh, they were seven and two. I think they're eight and three at this point uh, in those games. So that's that's the difference. I mean, they, and the eighteen wins is great. They, uh, but the, what the real difference is they're tougher, and they just have different roles for their guys. It's more more beneficial for them. I want to go back to something you said there. You said Anthony being trusts his teammates. When I talked to him at media day for a little bit. Uh, he even said that he felt that the the team chemistry, the team around, was a little bit different with this squad going into the uh, the preseason and their workouts. Um, and this is in October, obviously before the season starts. And now we've seen that sort of develop on the court. Um, his play this year, he's right now second in the league in overall scoring, nineteen point six a game uh, behind DJ Ballantyne, twenty one two. You said he trusts his teammates. Having him not have the ball in his hands, obviously making a difference. Is, is that that's obviously setting him up for so much more success? But how how does a team respond when they when they shift the gears and, and they go on that route? Uh, he's obviously responded very well. I mean, there's been a number of times where he's you know been the shot maker for them, and you just said it. He's been he's always the, the man for them. But that difference from last year to this year, how, how has that just sort of been for for the Salukis having having the different type of team around there? Well, I think they Barry harps on that too. That they they hang out, they 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 do things together more than than he's seen in a long time. He was at a restaurant in Carbondale a couple of weeks ago, and he was leaving, and, and ten of the guys were walking in together. So I was like, that was a little unusual last year. Yeah. So the the team the team I guess you know I I don't I don't as much in team chemistry more than than playing on the court. But uh, I mean I think there's something to it that if you care about your friends. You're gonna do, you know, you do what you can to, you know, to keep them happy to, to, to play hard for them, and I think that's been certainly uh, a factor for this year's team. But, but I think it's, uh, you know, the, the camaraderie and 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 Bean has been willing to pass the ball, you know, more than he was last year. I mean, every time he would shoot himself out of games by taking a couple bad shots in a row, and, and this year I don't think he's done that. I think he's been been more apt to pass the ball when he doesn't have a place to go. Because he has other guys that can make plays. Leo Vincent hit a winning three pointer against Illinois State. Mm-hmm. We thought he had the winning three pointer against Evansville. <laughs> yeah. They ended up losing that game, but he's made some clutch baskets for them. Rodriguez has made some clutch plays on defense for them at the end of the game. So it's just kind of been, I think it's a, it's a, a combination of the two, but certainly Anthony's shown not to be selfish, but he's also one of their best players. So you can't, you can't argue with him shooting a bunch. So there's something unique going on in the Valley in terms of individual basketball stats. Uh, this year's sort of been the, the year of the duo, I guess, with, with Ron and Fred in Wichita, in Wichita State. We know what they've done. 
uh, DJ Ballantyne and Nagidius Miscavages at Evansville, uh, those two players, uh, DJ leading in scoring and Agidius leading in rebounding. Uh, but SIU, Anthony Bean, second in scoring, 19.6, as I said, but Bolo Lanyon, uh, 8.2 behind Agidius in rebounding. Uh, what's, what sort of difference has Bolo been? I mean, that's got to be a nice surprise to see how he's sort of uh, come on for them as well, uh, giving them a nice inside presence, right? Yeah, Bolo's always been a great rebounder, but the, the difference is he doesn't get in foul trouble as much as he used to. I mean, okay. he used to get two fouls in the first minute he was out there a lot of the season last year, didn't play. So now he's been starting to play in the career high in minutes, and he's always been a great offensive rebounder. He's averaging uh, 2.2 in league play, offensive rebounds a game. He's right behind Miscavigis in rebounding in, in league play, and he's a big part defensively, too. He's really learned to, to play behind people with the new rules, and, and Sean O'Brien, I think, has been a nice piece for them, too, uh, shooting a high percentage, and he's, he's got 9 or 11 assists in his last three games. You know, for the year, he has 42 and 47. So that's been a big change for them. He's starting to pass the ball a little bit better than he has, and that makes him a little bit more difficult to defend, I think. What sort of uh, – Barry's always been quite the quote machine. Uh, you, 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 you're you around the program a whole lot more often than most folks. Uh, you sense the difference in him? Is there some relief that he's he's got these guys? And I, I hear it in the coaches, the weekly teleconferences, that – He's proud of these guys being able to make strides, and they're fighting this year. Uh, sort of, what, what's the, the, the tone of the season you get when you uh, get the chance to talk to Barry? I think he's, you know, he's taken, I think he's taken ownership of the, you know, of the roster and, and, and what he really thought he needed. Um, he, he has said he, he pushed the guys really hard in the summer. Some of these guys weren't here until, you know, late August, even October. Rodriguez didn't arrive until October. He's still working working on academic stuff. Leo Vincent wasn't here until September or August because um, he was working on academic stuff. So they didn't have as much time with them as they maybe uh, other teams had with their players over the summer. So that's what I thought was, was great, that they've, they've gotten together so quickly and been able to play with each other. And um, I think he's, you know, I think he was under a little pressure because the, the records they've had, um, you know, losing record, having had a losing record since 08, since his fourth season. Um, so people were expecting big things. I think he put all his all his eggs in one basket. He didn't redshirt anybody. He thought he had some, some players that could play right away, and I think he does. And the redshirt freshmen have really played well. So I think he's, I think he's enjoying it, but he's a little trepidatious, and he's got to finish now. He's almost through this really tough stretch with you and I, Evansville and Wichita State. Now he's got to finish um, the last, you know, six, seven games and, and keep them in the top four where I think they can finish. And the fans, how are they taking this? I was there for the Wichita State game, sold-out crowd. Uh, some uh, resurgence there and the, the, the Saluki faithful uh, returning to the, to the seats and getting excited for the program? Yeah, yeah they've already had one sellout. They've, they've been drawing five, 6,000 every game. The students have been great. Um, so the, 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 love, the love fest is back and it's, you know, I always say Saluki basketball is back, and that's that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see that. What it was like in 2008 when I started, it really got it really changed in those those next three years because um, people love basketball here. It's, it's uh, they have great tradition here. They'll they'll come back. I was I was said that if if they ever got good again, people would come back in droves and, and donations would go up. And and that's how SIU's got a 
got to start making some money with their athletic department, and, and basketball certainly been a big push for that. And that's got to hopefully translate to them uh, seeing the opportunity for the Salukis potentially at some kind of postseason playoffs. So we don't know what 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 happened down the line, but uh, there's you know, obviously postseason opportunities to sort of help grow players and grow programs. But uh, hopefully that leads to the Salukis showing up at, at Arch Madness. It's, it's been a while since they, we've had a, a large, large crowd of contingent folks from there uh, driving over from Carbondale to St. Louis. Yeah, the crowds have been growing every year. You know, they've been started winning some games there. They, they've been one and done a couple of years in a row. They're starting to get out of the, the playing game. So, Flukies are just coming droves, and that's good for the Valley because um, statistically they've been a part of some of the best crowds there ever. Even in the playing games, they've set some records with some of the attendance figures. And you know, I'm doing a story later on that about uh, they're selling a little bit, a little bit more season tickets, all session tickets than usual already. And I imagine the single session, once this bracket is, is set up, I, I bet the single session tickets will, will go high as well. And, and there'll be a good presence there. All right, Todd, I appreciate you taking time. And uh, I guess let folks know how they can sort of uh, read your stuff online and uh, how they can follow you on Twitter. Well, my, my stuff is at the southern.com, so the Southern Illinois website. And on Twitter, I'm at just T. Hefferman, capital T-H-E-F-F-E-R-M-A-N. All right, so I really appreciate your time, and uh, we'll see you down the road. All right, thanks, Derek. My pleasure.